0: (laughs) welcome back to our t team where respiratory therapists live out loud with me your host linda fry the asthma lady yes welcome everybody welcome to anybody new i just want to say oh thank you everybody for the birthday shout outs and i just want to say happy belated birthday to all my uh, aquarius out there um i'm excited to be back and please guys just have a little mercy on me today i have i'm recovering from a cold my voice is a little raspy but we're gonna push through i am super excited because we have another guest co-host and she is amazing we have heather who's gonna share her perspectives and journey going through um her career in diagnostic testing, PFT, and the sleep field as a respiratory therapist. So I'm personally am excited to hear all that she's been through and how she does what she does. So before I let Heather do her thing, I'm gonna read her bio and read all her accolades. And hopefully I can get through this with no problems. All right. Heather Murgatroyd has been a respiratory therapist For more than 28 years, Heather found her passion in diagnostic testing and worked in PFT for six and a half years and in sleep for 17 years. In 2011, she took her first job as a clinical specialist. As a clinical specialist, Heather has developed and provided continuing education programs on respiratory and sleep topics throughout North Central and South America. She also trains new customers, provide clinical feedback on products and support sales teams. She, she joined Methafirm Respiratory as a Respiratory Clinical Specialist in 2018, focusing on asthma and diagnostic testing for asthma. Reflecting her dedication to education for peers and patients, Heather was awarded the 2022 Spotty Award for the diagnostic section from the AARC nice I like that Heather all right it was <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a um... wonderful surprise <laughs> <laughs> love it love it love it well Heather I, what can I say I'm very grateful to have you on excited to hear about your journey Um, so okay so let's just get let's just get straight to it now we all, as respiratory therapists, have our story, like what got us into the field. So can you tell me what made you say, this is the field for me?
1: Sure. So I'll make it short. Um, I was a single mom and I was going to college and I was pursuing a bachelor degree. And one summer I saw a flyer to be a camp counselor at American Lung Association camp for kids with asthma called Camp Super Kids. And it was in mm-hmm. Metamoris, Illinois. And I went and I came back and I told my then boss, um, I'm going to go back to school full-time to become a respiratory therapist. So nice. uh, it, it, I knew it was going to give me the career and the income that I needed in, in my situation at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and so it was just seeing the kids in the camp. I went back two more summers. I had groups of nine and 10-year-old boys, <laughs> so that was really interesting and fun but it was just the camp really impacted me and obviously because it led to my my career choice but it also Mm -hmm. just you know kids are kids and we have to let them be kids and so they would come to this camp and they could just run around and be crazy and do all the things and they had medical staff available to them medic you know the medications available to them and it was just a really neat introduction to respiratory for me and so in asthma and and that's I just decided I'm going to go to school and I'm going to become a respiratory therapist and I did
0: nice nice so, I mean yeah. at least and your journey sounds very straightforward so that's that's mm-hmm. good at least you yeah. wasn't like lost in the wilderness like some of us but yeah that that's yeah. a nice one and um, well I'm sorry. I oh, say
1: I, I. feel like I got a little lost um, in the career because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Right. And so it took me a little bit of time before I kind of settled into the niche of the diagnostic side of mm-hmm. things. But yeah, no, it was once I decided it was pretty much this is what I'm going to do.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's pretty much the next question I was going to ask you, because um, just like how we pick how did you end up in that subspecialty? Because just like mm-hmm. me being in asthma, we I have that story too. Yeah. And so what made you say like, okay, this is the specialty for me?
1: So when I was a respiratory therapist, I, you know, I was in a small community hospital. So we all, you know, we had a lot of hats to, to wear and we, okay. we cross-trained in lots of different things. And I did some nights with respiratory and I was friends with people in the sleep lab, And they had an opening and they, you know, said, do you want to try it? And the more I learned about it, kind of watching, um, the more interested I became. And it was back when there was still paper, (laughs) everything was not computerized and automated. So, um, but when I finally got really going into sleep, it was all computerized, thankfully. Um, So it was just kind of a matter of being in the right place at the right time for sleep. And then it was the same with pulmonary function. It was, you know, someone left, they needed somebody to take the place of that person. And so I said, yes. And um, that's something that I did throughout my whole career in the hospital was if I had the opportunity to cross train, I would say yes. And so between sleep Between sleep and pulmonary function, I really found that I liked that. I liked being able to take the time to educate the patients on the condition that they were in. I felt like you could really make a marked difference in their lives by taking them through that diagnostic process, doing really good testing to provide the physicians with the information that they need to make, you know, to get the patients on the right therapies or, or medications. And so I just I really enjoyed that. I really was fascinated by how different everybody was. Like right. everybody, people would say, oh, "Sleep is so boring. You're just watching people sleep." By the time people get to a sleep lab, they're not sleeping. No. So you know, I mean, so it's it. Yes, there were nights where it was it. Dra- you know, it sort of dragged on. But a lot, most of the time, because we had my lab was two to one, so two patients to one therapist. One of them usually had something going on. So it was very wow. rare that it was a really, it was a boring night, but the satisfaction that I got out of the diagnostic process of doing the tests, the patients, it it, it was a different type of satisfaction, like, you know, taking care of people in the acute care setting on the floors and in the ICU. That's one thing. You get them at the beginning of their journey, and so you're kind of you have the opportunity to set the stage for them to to learn and to see where they can take control of their disease process. You know the medications and why it's so important in
0: clarifying those things for them. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Yes, I I definitely understand what you mean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially with PFT, I know if someone is very passionate. They usually get further with patients. And mm-hmm. I I I've seen it. Yeah, they get really good um they get really good results mm-hmm. from the patient. Mm-hmm. When you have somebody that's like really a good coach, so mm-hmm. you can really tell the difference when it comes to that stuff. Like when somebody's very um really into diagnostic testing, it's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. You I mean it is all so much of it is the coaching. I mean, so much of it is the coaching because the patients don't know what they're doing. And then, you know, they don't necessarily really realize how hard they have to work when they're doing the test to get it right. So, yeah. So the coaching is super important. And then in sleep, it's your patients come in and you hook them up to all these wires and they're scared. They're very vulnerable, you know? And so being able to reassure them that I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure nothing happens to you while you're here. I see everything that's happening. It's just, it's the care it pulls out the caretaker in me to to reassure them that you're going to be safe we're going to get information we're going to give it to the doctor you know and we'll get you on your way we'll 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 help you get to where you need to be to take care of yourself
0: I love it because even and I love how you spoke about sleep um because I would think that too like it would be hard for me to watch somebody fall asleep and then Mm -hmm not fall asleep. <laughs> so, like, oh my, oh, that look that looks so peaceful. I let me yeah. let me just close my eyes real quick. <laughs> so but I like how you said like it there's like everyone is different. So you're it's it's very rare that it's boring. So it's it's good to hear these type of perspectives because um you know we want people to just be like especially those who want to leave or thinking about leaving acute care to Mm -hmm. see what different options they have as a respiratory therapist, because sometimes you just got to put your foot in the water before you jump right in. Yeah. And so that's good to hear. Yeah. I
1: think it's saying yes to opportunity in the Mm -hmm. hospital, you know, you have to be, and it doesn't always fall in your lap. Sometimes you have to seek it out. And if you have management that is encouraging, that's really, really great. Mm -hmm. But you, you do have to be willing to say yes. And to keep learning, to always keep learning.
0: I started as a volunteer people don't want to hear that. They just be like, Oh, I don't have time for volunteer. I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And if, if I didn't say yes, like, Oh yeah, yeah sure. I, I want to see how that is. And yeah. 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 Oh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, Okay. So what barriers did you have, if any mm-hmm. navigating through this career? Like, you know, your subspecialty, like what was the, like I said, if any, what was hard or? Uh, you know,
1: as far, I mean, I didn't have any unsurmountable barriers. I think like PFT, it was just a matter of waiting till the opening came and taking advantage of it when it did come up. Sleep, mm-hmm. um, uh, there wasn't really so much barriers in working in sleep, but I had three kids little kid, young kids when I was working nights. And then I had a fourth kid when I was working nights. And so that's a lot of work. I mean, that, that right there is a barrier, you know, being a working mom. Um, and I have a really wonderful supportive husband, but you know, it's a lot of work to work nights when you are a parent, whether you're a father or a mother nights are, it's a hard shift to work. So in a way, I think that was a barrier. And I think as far as like a career advancement, um, I am a firm believer and firm supporter of continuing education, whether it's your RPSGT for sleep or your um, you know CPFT, RPFT, or your asthma educator credential, um, or getting your bachelor's degree. And so I um, I knew I wasn't going to go be able to do more, and I wasn't even sure what more was without finishing my bachelor's degree. And so I did. And once I finished my bachelor's degree, doors opened up. And so I think if anybody, so in a way, I think just having that associate's degree was a bit of a barrier for me to to go further in my career. Um, And so I am, I am very grateful um, that I was able to get my bachelor's because after that it was like, it, things just took off for me.
0: I totally agree, Heather, because I I've, I'm a big advocate for investing in yourself and your education Mm -hmm. and you know, get whatever, um, you know, credit CEUs or just, just to keep building to, to create opportunities for yourself. So yeah, we're speaking the same language. So, yeah, and yeah. I just want, so what, and, and what, what inverse in going into sleep and PFT, like, did you take any specific training? Cause I know you kind of just said like, uh, the opportunity came and you kind of mm-hmm. just went in. So did yeah. you have to take any, did they make you get the certifications they or did. like, how did that?
1: Yeah. So no, yeah. they didn't, which I okay. think is really interesting. And I do find working with pulmonary function labs in my current role, more and more hospitals are requiring the CPFT RPFT exam, which I absolutely support. And I think I, I I wish I had been pushed for it. My hospital at the time did not give any reimbursement for review courses or for Mm. testing, which is a barrier for people. Um, And I actually didn't get my RPSGT until after I left the hospital setting and became a clinical specialist working specifically for a company that had sleep devices. They supported it. They paid okay. for a review course and they paid for me, but I was still PRN in sleep. So I was still working in the sleep lab, even though I had left the hospital setting. I stayed PRN and sleep from 2011 till 2018 because I couldn't okay. leave the bedside. I just couldn't leave. So I wasn't working in the hospital. Otherwise, I was a clinical specialist for a manufacturer, um, but I took the RPSGT test then but while I worked in the sleep lab, now it's required. But when I was there, okay. it was, I was kind of grandfathered in or whatever on the job training, as long as I was a respiratory therapist, it was okay. So.
0: Okay. Okay. No, yeah. that's good. Cause I know now I want to say yes. Now they really want like for PFT, like they're mm-hmm. looking for the C, the the yeah. yeah, and sleep. I don't know that many people in sleep. So, but I, I know there is yeah. a, certification for that as well yeah right. the
1: rpsgt and then the i, I think it's s sleep disorder s. special sds
0: yeah right sds yeah. Uh-huh. yeah
1: so i think you know i i get pushback when i kind when i've talked to people about i think it's important that you do these things i think continuing education you know advancing degrees credentials you know some people well it doesn't change your pay or, but it's an investment in yourself It shows that you're investing in yourself and your career you correct, want correct. that education things change things change all the time oh,
0: yes yeah it's like <laughs> all the time i yeah. i while i was on maternity leave for 6 months and i in the asthma world so many things came and i just like okay there was a new updates to the guidelines new medications yeah. new biologics it's it's crazy within mm-hmm. 6 months so yeah. yes we do have to um, and, and, and I also say that to other therapists as well, when they say, oh, the pay, um, there's no pay difference or no, you know, incentive, some, t- eventually the incentives do pop up because the same thing happened to me. My hospital did not pay me to get certified as an asthma educator. Matter of fact, my supervisor was like, when I told her, she was like, oh, that's nice, Linda. That was it. <laughs> and was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like oh, okay was cool. Yeah. But I still, you know, went, I volunteered. And when opportunities came up, people of course thought about me. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, we have this position, you know, whatever. And it was a chance for me to make extra money. Right. So right. the opportunities do come. So I I yeah. wouldn't I tell folks all the time, don't let stuff like that stop you. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. right.
1: It will you. it will be a benefit in the end. Like in right. the long run all that investment, whether it's time studying, time taking tests, financially investment, it will pay off. I really do firmly believe just what you're saying. I absolutely believe that that's the case.
0: Okay. Okay. So, well, well pretty much you answered the next question because I was <laughs> going to ask you, what would you tell somebody that wants to be on the same journey, the same path of being in this specialty? Right? Yeah.
1: Well, I and I one of the coolest things that I have experienced over the last couple of years is when I talked with students and they say, how do you get to do what you do as my when I because when I present and stuff at conferences and I just say, put in your time in the hospital. You have to do the hospital. That's absolutely invaluable experience and say yes just say yes all the time. And maybe it's something like a community event, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the Chamber of Commerce where they have like business expos and maybe they have, a, the hospital has a booth at the business expo and you're doing maybe whatever they will do there. Say yes to those things because you just never know when that is gonna help you make that next step in your career. And so mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. always say yes to cross-training. I cross trained in phlebotomy, EEG, Cardiac, some cardiac testing, sleep, and PFT, and it just shows flexibility, I think, as well on your part, and it keeps you in that always learning mode in your brain, mm-hmm. and so you know you're always learning, and it will pay, it, it will pay off, it will pay off if you I'm just say yes.
0: You. I, I, we, we are totally speaking the same way because <laughs> I, I love when people talk like this because. I, it does help you become kind of like a unicorn. Like, you know, it's a scary mm-hmm. thing when somebody, you can't stop somebody that keeps learning because the, no one can take that away from you. Right. Right. So right. <clears throat> that person is able to just keep advancing mm-hmm. and creating opportunities for themselves. So it, right. it is, it is so true to just say, yes, yeah. keep going. And especially in your, like in sleep and that, that, like well there is a i know like i said i do know a lot of folk in pft but mm-hmm. not that much in sleep so i feel mm-hmm. like that's its own you're like you know you could talk and yeah you know help people with that field because yeah not that many people that's doing it
1: well even now um i just i have had to have i have had some encounters um, with physical therapy because I had knee surgery. And both of the physical therapists that I work with, as soon as they heard that I had worked in sleep, had all kinds of questions for me because they both use CPAM. And so yeah, it's it, you know as soon as people, that is such a conversation starter. Um, and I'm sure you get stuff like that when people learn that you're an asthma educator. I'm yeah. sure you get oh, questions all yes. the time. Um, <laughs> it's it's party talk, but it's it's <laughs> it's really cool because- I like, I love to talk about it. I love to talk about sleep. I'm pretty removed from it now, obviously, and not having been in it for the last several years, but I still keep up and I still think about it. And I, you know, the biggest thing I tell people when they're like, well, have you heard about this therapy or have you heard about that thing on the online and these things that you can get? And I always feel like, you know, try things, don't invest a lot of money in unfounded therapies. Um, We have a lot of things that are FDA approved and that are are shown to be beneficial to patients, but do your due diligence and find what works for you, but don't spend money on weird sham things that you see online because people come up with the craziest stuff and it's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's been tested. So, but people always have questions about sleep always.
0: So. I mean, sleep is an important thing in life, it just is. like breathing. Yes, exactly, <laughs> they
1: exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. They so. go
0: hand in hand, yes,
1: they do. You can't have you can't have a good life without if you miss either one of them. Without <laughs> so.
0: one, <of> the, yeah, <laughs> one the yeah, I yeah. can't. Um, okay, so now this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this conversation. Yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. Me. Uh, was gonna say so. Yes. Okay. Well, this is your opportunity to plug Heather, whatever you have going on what's new what you want to tell the people go
1: ahead well one of the things that I would really I was kind of thinking about I mean obviously I'll talk about my company in just a second but I am part of a group on LinkedIn that is called women of respiratory Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of a grassroots group where um, we were talking I was talking with another respiratory therapist and we said you know there's a lot of women in leadership with the AARC and and the NBRC. They, the women, there's a lot of women leadership there, but if you, I know you speak at conferences, I speak at conferences. There's not as many women speaking at conferences. And so that's really a pet project of mine is to empower. There's a lot of knowledgeable respiratory therapists who are women and we're the majority in the field. And we, and also pulmonary disease hits us harder as well later in life and, and so, part one of my goals for this group—it's um, kind of in its in its infancy, and we're building, trying to figure out what exactly people want, and how do we—is it just networking? Is it a mentoring kind of thing? Um, one of my passions is to help empower other female respiratory therapists to be presenters and to take okay. that risk. And I know it's scary, and you know it's scary. I know you oh, do it too. Oh,
0: I do. <laughs> but it's like it's so it can
1: be really fun, right? It's, yeah. you're putting yourself out there and it is, but it's also, it's, you're sharing information with your peers. Right. And right. It, and when somebody, you have a light bulb moment and they think, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about asthma that way, or I didn't think about COPD Different that way. Perspectives. Or, it's such a cool thing. And so oh. if I could help anybody achieve that goal, I would love it. And but nice. it, you know, maybe there's women who want to become educators. So there's educators in group that the group that we could you know hook them up with, or maybe they want to get into industry and do sales. There's sales in there. So there's nice. different women from different areas of what we can do as respiratory therapists. Like nice. if you want to leave the hospital, and I know it's like I have a little bit of. Um, there's a little bit of conflict in me because I know that we're we're short respiratory therapists in the hospital, oh, right? right? So you don't want to pull too many people away. But I want people to recognize there's a lot for us to do out there.
0: Correct, correct. So. And I'm the same way too, even though, because like I always talk about the asthma education stuff and becoming an asthma educator. not Not to say like, you know, uh, uh, we don't want people in acute care. We need folks in acute care, but for those that feel kind of lost or Mm -hmm. they just want to hurry up and leave the field. I'm like, Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. come, come, come check out this side and, you know, come check out the other stuff. There's other stuff out here to do. Yes. And you don't have to
1: like, you know, you don't have to leave the hospital setting. Right either. You could stay as an asthma educator, you could become Correct. a COPD navigator, you could get into the diagnostic side of things, you could yes, get so into um, accreditation things. I mean, there's things to do within the hospital system as well. Yes, but there's a whole lot of things to do outside of the hospital. And I I hope that this group, um, you know, we just can kind of help broaden um, and help women get to the different things that they want to do within the respiratory field. Because, you know, we have a lot to contribute. We have a lot to offer. We have a lot to say, and we have a lot of talent. We have a Amen. lot of talent.
0: Amen. So, yeah. So, so just give me the, um. I'll put it in the description. Just okay. The, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, so I'll women be... of respiratory care, and that's just on LinkedIn. Um, And then the other thing I, I am a clinical specialist for Methapharm, and Methapharm provides provocholine, which is the only FDA approved methacholine, Chloride available for the methicoline challenge, which is diagnostic. And then we also have mannitol, which is eridol or eridol, the eridol challenge, which is mannitol, um, a dry powder. And that's another type of um, bronchial provocation challenge. So that's what we do. Like we work with pulmonary function labs and physicians to bring awareness to if the spirometry that you do on your patient is not clear, does not give you a clear path to to diagnose your patient with asthma or something else, mm-hmm. bring in those, those Bronco provocation challenges. They're readily available. So we have, you know, those are just two of them, but those are the two that I represent. So I go in and I train do hands-on training with new customers because they can be kind of confusing and complicated tests and there's timing and things that we have to pay attention to. So we have a really good training program for that and I really enjoy it. Nice. And then also, you know, writing education. So Metha farm, um, is a huge supporter of continuing education for respiratory therapists. So on our website, which is, um, methafarmrespiratory.com, we offer four. I non- saw that. Non-traditional. That I said, yes. The free yeah. CEUs. Yeah. Okay. They're free CEUs. Three of them pertain directly to the methacholine challenge. And the fourth one is for aerodol. Um, and they are PFT content specific. So if somebody has okay. a CPFT or RPFT designation, it, it covers the credential, the requirements for that credential. And then I it also have, the,
0: do you know if it goes for the asthma one too? I don't know. The asthma
1: educator. I don't, I didn't, I haven't. Um, I would have to double check. I wonder right. if I, I have never requested that. I never thought about that, but I can see okay. if I can designate it for two, because that would right. make sense.
0: Yeah. Because, because you, you know, for um, it's hard for us to get yes. asthma specific. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, have to, you yeah. have to be specific to that.
1: You know what, let know what me,
0: PFT is.
1: I will double check because if it, if I can earmark it for two, I don't know. I'll have to check with the AARC right, right. on that, but I definitely thank you for suggesting that because I will for sure look into it. Um, and then we also have four traditional or live CRCEs available um, and they are PFT content specific. A couple are specific to, one is kind of a broad, is it asthma and talks about demographics and um economic burden and testing that's available for asthma, and then, and kind of, and highlighting the importance of diagnostic testing, because we know, you know, just like with our COPD patients, so many of our asthma patients have never had spirometry, and yet they have this asthma diagnosis, Um, so it talks about that, and talks about, um, briefly goes into the diagnostic tests, and then I have two that are specific to the direct and indirect challenge tests available for patients, not only ours, but all of them. Um, and then the, the fourth one is um, on phenotyping and endotyping asthma. So I don't know how much you guys are getting exposed to that as asthma educators, you know,
0: was new for, yeah, it's coming yeah. We have a new pulmonologist. So, yeah. yeah, but as far as like um, endotyping
1: asthma, so looking underneath like eosinophilic stuff and um, all the inflammatory markers that are that are getting more and more recognition and how do we target them with the biologics and stuff. So that's what the fourth one um is covering. And then I'm writing one on chronic cough because that's mm-hmm. one of the number one reasons people go to the physician every year. So
0: I, shoot. You got a cough? Sign me up for the chronic cough. I think I got <laughs> yeah. that now. Yeah.
1: Oh, so I so I'm really proud of um of Methapharm's dedication to providing continuing education for respiratory therapists and truly providing really good standardized testing as far as the, the bronchial challenges for patients so that we can get them the right treatment and get them on the right therapies and get them the right diagnosis. Right. And so um, I'm, I'm really proud of that, that, that that's part of, that's my company. Like I, I love the fact that they are so dedicated to really good quality patient care and the diagnostics side of things. So it's where it all starts. That's what I tell the people in the PFT lab. Your job is so important because you're where it all starts. Right. It should all start in the PFT lab.
0: It's it's true. It's it's um and then for someone like me who works with both um well more pediatrics. Yeah. But um Bless also you work with <laughs> with adult. I see it mm-hmm. all the time. I read the notes I look at the history. And I'm like, this is this is not an asthmatic patient. Like it's it's like you can, it's just like yeah, this person needs PFT or they say things like, oh, they have asthma, but never got ever, yeah, uh, any type of spirometry. But there's they're just relaying that, oh yeah, I got as I've had asthma since I was like ten or, or yeah, but you know, it's yeah. not the characteristics is not all there. So yeah. yeah. PFT. Well, I
1: appreciate your your work in that regard too. I think if enough of us are like, no, these people need to have these tests. Oh. You know, maybe it'll become more
0: small. Oh, we don't play. Yeah. <clears throat> PFT, I have a fr- unit. You know, well, you know, I'm at, I'm respiratory therapist, mm-hmm. so I have my my friends at the PFT lab, they have they mm-hmm. schedule my patients. It's like Linda's list. <laughs> like yeah. so they get my pediatric patients in right yeah. away. We don't play with that stuff, so yeah, I'm I'm I don't play with Um, our asthma team does not play with the PFT stuff. We, we, especially those newly diagnosed, like, you know, we're really trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on with them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, we can all work together. (laughs) Well, Heather, thank you so much for being on RT Shanti. I love your perspective and I've, I've learned a lot actually just talking to you. And, um, like I said, I don't know too much about that world. Um, Mm -hmm. but it does sound interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank put... you for
1: having me on. Oh, thank th-
0: you. And I
1: I really I honestly I really appreciate what you're doing. I think that this is wonderful. Um, you know, just bringing awareness and bringing respiratory therapists together to talk about things. I really really appreciate all the work that you've done.
0: Thank you so much, Heather. I you know what I'm saying for rest for the respiratory care field. I just want to show people that there are opportunities and you you said it all through, um, just us talking, there are opportunities out there. So I just want folks to get all these perspectives, especially Mm -hmm. from women too. I do Mm -hmm. showcase, you know, women as well, um, that we're doing different stuff. Like, so it's, this is good. So what I'm going to do is uh all the stuff that you mentioned i'm going to put uh-huh. in the description okay and so folks can know where to get their ceus mm-hmm. and all that good stuff and if they need mm-hmm. any more information about uh the field that you're working in it or how to get in contact with you okay uh, yes yes well i have that thank you so much for being here with with me and RT t guys thank you so much for watching you know i appreciate you guys know that we are here every wednesday on google Podcasts, and where you can catch your your podcast and we are on youtube every thursday thank you so much guys i really appreciate you once again and remember to invest in yourself and to only compete with yesterday's version of you have a good one bye